Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week... I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 189 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Hope you're all doing well out there. And what a week we've had. Like a game of real-life chess, we've lost two pawns and a queen, but we've gained a king. I reckon the Tories were behind the whole lot of it just as a a diversion for the cost-of-living crisis. But that aside, let's talk about art. From Friday the 23rd through to Sunday the 25th of September, we're going to be promoting the Ministry of Arts podcast at the New Artist Fair, which is at Truman Brewery on Brick Lane. We'll be alongside dozens and dozens of other artists, be it painters, sculptors, printers, photographers, absolutely everything. So if you're in the area, pop down and say hi. But back to today. I'm taking you to meet Brighton-based artist Sarah Pope. If you don't know Sarah, but you've seen an artwork, be it a painting, print, or even a neon, of a close-up pair of lips, then that's very probably Sarah Pope. But I must <laughs> I must interrupt myself here. Her artworks are far from just a pair of lips. I first met Sarah several years ago at the Art Car Boot Fair when it was in Folkestone, and that was thanks to my good buddy and friend of the podcast, Michelle Mildenhall. We'd been meaning to record this episode for several months and finally got round to it just a few weeks ago. In this episode, we speak how Sarah left the fashion world to enter the world of art, how one of her artworks is hanging in the home of of one of her namesakes, and how when I invited Sarah onto my Face Value 3 exhibition, I lined her up with a blind collaboration with a member of possibly the biggest rock band in the world. But anyway, find all that out for yourself now as you come and join me over Zoom 
with Sarah Pope. I just, I, I just get nervous speaking, you know, um, that's not my forte, I would say, <laughs> which is maybe why I paint and do visual things. How is it down there today? You're still in Oh my God, home. it's so beautiful. I've just been, I've just been outside um, to get a coffee and it's actually hot. Nice. Like, it's so beautifully sunny. Are you, are you in London? Uh, just on the outskirts, Essex East London, border in right. Romford. How is it there? Is it lovely weather? It's it's grey, but it's, you can see the sun's fighting to get through. Oh, it's all in Brighton. <laughs> oh, brilliant. We've got a concentration of it. How long have you been down there? Um, About six years, six or seven years now. Yeah. yeah. It's quite a sort of rash move. I was um, looking to buy a flat in London and it was just so stressful, uh, you know, at the time, uh, what was ever was happening with the property market. And I just had this idea to... Um, come to Brighton for the day and I decided to, I, I bought a flat <laughs> so it's all I didn't really know anyone here um, but it's I don't know I find Brighton to be really beautiful I love the Regency architecture yeah. and I've always loved um, living by the sea um, I've lived in uh, Barcelona and also Alicante and I just you know I love the sea so it kind of seemed um, perfect um, oh good um, yeah and it's, I mean, they do say that Brighton is London by the sea, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some weekends, half of London does come to Brighton. So it definitely feels <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have seven questions, Sarah, that I ask each artist on this podcast. Mm. And the first being, yeah. how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, so, uh, the subject I tend to focus on mainly is the mouth. Uh, I paint and my paintings are oil paintings and they tend to be um, really intense colours. I use a lot of reds. Um, they're also very glossy and um, expressive and I think they're quite kind of generally quite playful and I think quite joyful. And it is just the lips you concentrate on, isn't it? Yeah, just isolated mouth. And where did the idea for that come from? Or how did you get to that point, even? Yeah. So um, when I first started um, experimenting with creating art, I'm a self-taught artist, by the way. Um, I, was, I was kind of immediately only drawn to the face. And I think I was... Um, fascinated by everything that's kind of communicated uh, via your face, you know, um, your character, your personality, also, you know, expressions of mood and emotion. And I was just really sort of fascinated and, and compelled to sort of try and decipher that and um, to see if I could capture it and express it in art and, you know, in my paintings. And um, I remember um, one of the first things I did, I loved the work, the work of the photographer Ari Seth Cohen. Um, he used to go around New York photographing elderly uh, ladies and gentlemen who were fabulously and eccentrically dressed Excellent. with like colorful makeup and clothes and jewelry. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I also have a background in fashion and, um, okay. and makeup and, you know, I, I, I've always loved that. So, but not only that, they had such character in their faces that I, um, you know, I set myself this kind of challenge to see if I could 
capture that and you know make some paintings and do it and do an expression of that um so i sort of did that and then i experimented more with portraiture but um like at one point i decided to just isolate the mouth because i found that to be really expressive yeah. and you know sometimes you don't really you don't really know why you do something it's kind of in your subconscious yeah. not yeah. in your conscious yet but um sort of on reflection i mean it's kind of a really compelling subject you know the mouth can be beautiful and sensual and, and emotionally evocative and it's also um it's like central to like human life you know we breathe through our mouth we consume food um communication whether like with words or expressions and also kissing so that kind of led me to kind of get you know more involved in exploring it and um also i think it, it allowed me also to explore all my experience working in fashion and magazines and my love of that and my love of you know self-decoration and makeup and that kind of thing well, you were saying there about the different moods you can pick up on just by looking at the mouth. And it yeah. is only a yeah. fraction of a millimetre between a smile and a frown. Absolutely. We've got so many stain. muscles yeah. in our mouth area. And, you you know, having sort of um, studied, you know, because I in my work, I work with models. Um, and so we do a photo shoot and, you know, the, the kind of different expressions that people can make with their just with their sort of mouth area is amazing. I was aware that you used models. Yeah. Could you go into the process that you have when you have a model in front of you? Yeah. So um, first of all, it, it's, it can either be a model that I've chosen from a model agency or I, I often get approached to do um, like personal lip portraits. I recently did the Princess Brilliant. of Liechtenstein. Oh, as you do. <laughs> as you do. Um, so basically whoever the model is I organize a uh, photo shoot and then I, I do everything I begin by painting the person's lips so that's kind of like the beginning of the painting process I suppose um, I sometimes use lipstick that I've created um, luckily I have um, there's some a place here in Brighton called the lip lab and you can Perfect. make um, lipstick <laughs> so I can make my own colors um, and then um, I use yeah, is there sorry to interrupt yeah, sure. have you made an actual Sarah Pope is there a, a colour? I did, I have. I did a Brilliant. very limited, Brilliant. a limited edition. And was it called Sarah Pope? Yeah. <laughs> and it was <laughs> Of course. Um, so yeah, so once the, the model has makeup on, then um, basically it's just me and the model, me behind the camera and, the, you know, the model in front. And it's just a kind of interaction between me and that person. And I... I, obviously taking like lots and lots of shots while this is happening um but yeah it's kind of like a I don't know a communication I suppose between me and the model brilliant um, I, I knew of your work and then I heard that you've done this and I was yeah. surprised the complexity of procedure going into creating one of your artworks yeah because that's just that's just the beginning then so then I've got loads yeah. and loads of photos um get those home and I sort of choose a few similarish expressions and that that becomes like the starting point for the painting just that's like a sort of a loose inspiration um and then as I paint I use oil paint and I paint in in layers kind of building up the layers like really smoothing the paint at each stage 
so that like when it gets to the end point, like even though it started off with um, like a real person, a real mouth, so it's based in reality. Once it gets to the final stage, it's almost kind of like quite surreal. It's like a sort of mixture of fact yeah. and fiction. I suppose by the end of it, or, or even like three quarters of the way through, you've forgotten that it is someone's lips and mouth. Yeah, and completely. <laughs> I can imagine. Absolutely. It's gone and through I the did, filter of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did read um, about your painting method, and it said at the end, which, which did make me smile, that it ends up glossy, perfect, and irresistible. <laughs> Hopefully. I, I, I love the, the word irresistible being used to... To talk about an artwork it really <laughs> put a smile on my face um and if, have you photographed any of your models as they're talking and picking up on the words yeah yeah sometimes just to catch the the, the person in um you know different uh, like you know between expressions of, of something you know vocalizing a word or whatever yeah and it's, it's surprising how um memorable the lips are because there's one of yours and I don't know whether it is or not but whenever I see it I think Madonna because of the oh. gap in the front oh yeah tongue. I love a gap tooth <laughs> is that do you know the one I'm on about and I presume I, it isn't Madonna yeah no it's not Madonna I've um I think I've done a, a few with a gap tooth like sometimes I, I quite like yeah using models who have that so uh yeah I haven't done no I haven't photographed Madonna <laughs> yet <laughs> when was your first interest in art um like from like from when I was a kid I was always doodling and sketching but I had uh, at that point also a massive interest in uh, fashion and clothes and beauty so I was always like designing and like um making making my own clothes and ripping things up and sewing them back together um and I think I'd, I'd say that I've always sketched, but like never take, well, until one point, I, I just didn't really take myself seriously. I didn't really, re you know, uh, school wasn't great for art. I didn't really receive a good education there. It was totally dry and uninspiring. Um, you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, do this pencil drawing of a bicycle wheel kind of level. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I didn't, um, you know, my, my parents don't really have any art background, so I didn't really get any sort of in, art inspiration at home. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I remember at one point I, I started working with a fashion designer and he was, um, his like hero was Francis Bacon. And that kind of got me really interested in that. And I just, I, I sort of fell in love with the way that he can basically just put violent emotions onto canvas and translate them. It was just like mind blowing. So I, I think that began my real interest in art. And then I didn't start properly painting until some time later when I just felt that I couldn't not paint anymore. <laughs> Excellent. You now reside in Brighton. Where was home growing up? Um, sort of Stoke-on-Trent area. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Midlands. Well, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know, would you? No, no. no I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Although if I tell you last weekend I went to Bath, <laughs> you might know. <laughs> so you, you was in the fashion industry. You was shoe yeah. designing, if That's I right. remember correctly. When was the crossover from fashion to art? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, and I presume at one point you was doing both. There was yeah. a crossover and then yeah. for whatever reason you drifted further into one half. Yeah, so like um, I'd... I'd been working as a shoe designer for several years and I'd, um, I'd just finished a particular job and I just wasn't feeling it anymore. I was feeling like, I don't know, that it was kind of, that it, like even though I loved it, it was kind of a bit meaningless and I wanted to, I just felt compelled to start painting. And it meant that like, um, I knew that I couldn't get another full-time job um, shoe designing and I had to somehow you know find some freelance work or part-time work because I, I just had to do this thing and I knew that I couldn't or I didn't want to um, rely on this art that I was trying to make to pay for my life because I felt like that would take something important away so I was very for, for many you know for, for a long time I still worked like three days a week uh, to pay the bills and you know make sure that it was okay and then I could just do what I wanted with art. Excellent. I presume that when you're speaking to someone you're properly focused on their lips. Um, so I think I think when I first meet someone for the first time it's like it's quite overwhelming like it's a whole energy thing so it's not like focusing on one thing but then I guess um, you know, once you sort of relax, you, you, you when you're speaking to someone, you're looking at their mouth. It's a focus. Yeah. I mean, your eyes, obviously, and the person's mouth. Yeah. How often, if at all, do you paint men's lips? Um, I do paint men's lips. Um, I probably use more um, female models than male models, but I've definitely used quite a few male models. Um, I started because I was interested to see if like there was any difference between male and female mouths and um, pretty much not except <laughs> um, you know on your top lip on yeah. the bottom of your top lip the middle bit like yeah. there seems to be more pronounced oh does it wow not not all but no. like it, more than you would find in women that was the only thing there you go but um, yeah, I mean, with my in my paintings, um, would you be able to say no? Probably no. Of course not. Uh, do you do them without the lip gloss? I know that takes away somewhat, but a naked lip, if you like. Um, I mean, probably every time I do uh, a shoot, I I do kind of like naked lip as well as all you know all the ones with makeup. But I always put gloss and. Um, yeah, with the male models, the same, lots of lipsticks and also um, naked with just gloss. 
because okay. I also I, I'm really uh, I'm interested in the the light reflections. Yeah, of course. And yeah, so that's kind of what gives my paintings that really glossy kind of feeling, and I sort of create that you know using gloss and you know particular lighting, and I really study what happens to the light when it likes bouncing off a surface. Um, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection, do you think? Um, probably um, one of the first painting, one of the first lips painting I did called Lips 2, the clue is the name. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like- How far really... away from the first painting was this Lips 2 <laughs> pick of? <laughs> <laughs> very close <laughs> um, I feel like that's the painting that kind of took my art out of my kitchen and into the world yeah um I did um like you know when I was just still experimenting in kitchen in my kitchen I met a, an artist near where I was living and we decided to put on a DIY exhibition together Brilliant. and so I you know showed some of my first lip paintings and that was the first one that got sold and it was just kind of like oh uh, you know someone's willing to pay me money <laughs> you know yeah. they and the idea that people might actually sort of connect with my work um but not only that it was kind of lips two is the kind of reason why where i began to work with jealous gallery who i've worked with for many years now and you know have really supported me in my kind of art things um because dario uh, saw that image and he asked me if I was up for like publishing um, a big screen print edition um, using that that piece of work so yeah I sort of it, yeah it feels kind of quite dear. So you pretty much in your mind went from a hobby artist to a professional artist within a matter of days? Yeah kind of I suppose nice. I mean I, I, did, I didn't ever really it's weird I didn't really see it as a hobby as such it was more like just a compulsion yeah. like something that I've got to do and I didn't really think beyond that I didn't think oh this is nice you know or I'm gonna make this my career I didn't think either of those things um so it was just it was just kind of surprising yeah and you know, obviously all my friends have been oh yeah, it's great you know my ex-husband yeah, it's great but um you sort of don't really believe the people that you know, do you? No. And having having Dario at Jealous contact yeah. you and ask you to do a print run with him, that's not a bad place to start either, is it? I know, it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Well, speaking of Jealous, yeah. Um, you was in my Face Value 3 exhibition. At, yeah. I think it was at was it 2018. Okay, yeah. It was in, in March. Face Value 4 was going to happen. 2019 but unfortunately we was um mm. interrupted yeah. by, by by a pandemic um yeah so you collaborated with ronnie wood in yes. of the rolling stones in that exhibition which was yeah that was pretty cool. amazing very cool yeah i was i was really because i was the the painter number one and then i gave it I handed it over to him so i was really fascinated to see what he would do with it <laughs> and I, I can't remember but for anyone that's listening you donate your, the lips painting that you donated had like little spikes around the edge it of the did, lips yeah, like, it was light pink in color light pink spikes the sort of ones that you might find on a on a dr martin boot or a leather yes, jacket isn't exactly. it exactly yeah um yeah and then i i took it down to ronnie wood yeah and, um, what did he say when he saw it <laughs> i'm interested 
Well, th there was two that I took down to him because the, the first one had clear wrap, a clear bubble wrap on it. And as I took that off, he went, ah, right, right. And he, he sort of knew what he was going to do. And then when I un undone yours, which you couldn't quite see from the start, and then I pulled it out and he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, which, which put a big smile on my face. And I'm not sure he knew what to do with it, but yeah. I knew that he liked what he saw. And what he did put on was bars and yeah. hands on, like, the, on um, the bars, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What do you do to relax? Um, well, I love the sea and I live like five minutes from the sea now. So I love going in the sea uh, when it's um, like not so totally freezing as it has been. Um, <laughs> well, you were just saying about how it's a lovely warm day today in Brighton. It is, so. I'm just thinking maybe it's time. Maybe today is the day. Just go down and dip you your toe or your elbow even. <laughs> um and I also I love film um I can get completely lost and transported in a film and there's like um there's a picture house really near to my house you know those lovely old cinemas yeah, nice, massive like nice. squashy velvet seats super cozy um so I, I go there quite often I quite like things that take me out of my head basically no that's, that's not like, a bad thing at all stepping out of your yeah. Stepping out of your world for a little while. Switch off the old, like, you know, internal voices sometimes. Exactly. I saw that you was the first female artist to be have a work taken in by the Vatican. Yeah, yeah. How random is that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and what, what artwork was that? Please tell me it was lips too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did a portrait of lips. <laughs> it was a portrait of, of him. I was doing a um, an exhibition nearby. Oh, I've seen this. Sorry to but yeah. I've seen this, but I didn't know it. I've seen you next to it. Oh. I didn't realise that it was yours because it wasn't lips. But yeah, I've oh. seen it. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, please carry yeah. on. So, um, so I was doing this exhibition and uh, you know, nearby um, to the Vatican and I don't know, I just, I hadn't done a portrait in a while and I thought, oh, who's, who's an important figure in this country? So <laughs> I decided to paint um, the Pope and then uh, someone I was working with at the time contacted the Vatican and, and said, you know, this portrait has been done and I, they loved it. So they invited me to go and, um, you know, hand over you know I, I'd said you know you can have it <laughs> um so yeah I got invited to the Vatican and, and they accepted it into the collection oh please tell me to Pope open the door and said come in <laughs> like, like me and unfortunately he was away on business so um I uh, I met with his personal translator oh, so it, wasn't, it wasn't the case of Hello, Sarah, come in. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Ms. Pope. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I didn't, sorry, that went straight over my head. How I didn't think of Miss Pope, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was yeah. staring me in the face. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, mm. what would your ideal group show be? Um, I love the portraits of Elizabeth Payton. Okay. Um, Yayoi Kusama is welcome, as long as she brings one of her mirrory pieces. <laughs> um, Jeff Coons for something really shiny. Yeah. Um, possibly Francis Bacon. And 
uh, Guy Bourdin, the photographer, or a lot of photographer. Do you still work or follow fashion, as in the, the production of fashion? So in a kind of loose way, I, you know, follow um, certain accounts on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I'm still interested and I still like to see, you know, how self-decoration, you know, whether that's makeup or clothing or, you know, I still, that, that still does kind of interest me. Yeah. And, and does fashion photography interest you at all still? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think the creation of a beautiful image is is a is a really inspiring thing. Oh, definitely. So um, always, yeah, always interested in that. And I mean, I have loads of little questions jumping in my head as I'm speaking yeah. to you. That's why it's dancing around from one subject to another. Have you done any self-portraits yet? Do you know what? No. And I don't really know why, because I know that's a really like normal thing for artists to do, especially if they're dealing with figurative and, you know, portraits. But I, I never have. Um, hmm. Do you... I mean, the thing <laughs> is... Psychological reason. Yeah, why? but the thing is, is, if you didn't title it as yours, no one's going to know, are they? No, no, that's that's really true. But maybe, I don't know if my artworks are more, because they're like an interaction, they're like a communication between yeah. me and someone else. Like maybe I just, uh, I don't know, maybe it would be interesting to try to sort of have that with myself. Well, I think a psychologist would tell you the, the best communication <laughs> a person can have is that's, with themselves. That's very Pope. true. I think that's where I've always had to, that's always been my downfall. <laughs> you need I'm to so look good at yourself in things. the mirror. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if you wasn't an artist, Sarah, what would you like to be? Um, I think, um, I think a musician. I think there's something really, really special about what happens, you know, what goes between a musician and live music and the audience. It's like, it's, it's energy. It's, it's actual, you know, vibrational instant. energy and it's instant and it's like, boof, emotion. And I think it's, it's so powerful um, that, so yeah, it would probably be that. I, I always feel upset that I never learned instruments. <laughs> ah, yeah, there's, you know, you're not near, you know, near the end of your life yet. That's true, you, that is very true, right, yeah. Whenever I see a, um, a musician coming out on stage at Wembley or, or wherever, yeah. and you're seeing them tens of thousands of people. Imagine. Could Just you, imagine that. I mean, it's, it's, people singing it's, your songs back to you, like ten thousands of people singing exactly. your songs. Exactly. Amazing. I mean, it's electric enough being in the crowd. Yeah. Could you imagine being the focus of that crowd? Can't. Yeah. Well, I bet they can't sleep after. Oh, I, I could imagine, and I, I could imagine it being quite addictive as well. Yeah. Have you got anything coming up? Um. So I've got. I'm doing something at the weekend with Intergallery here in Brighton. It's yeah. the. It's been the Brighton Festival for the past month. Um. So we're doing something as part of that on Sunday, the fifth. Um. And well, so I've got. Um. I've. I've got to get my. I've got to get into the studio actually and do some work. I've got several commissions to do. Um. And yeah, I'll just be. I'll just be focusing on that. 
for a while. I've got also, I'm going to do something, I need, I'm, doing, I'm doing a piece that I'm putting into an exhibition with Bonhams um, later this year. Nice. Um, it's going to be like full on crystals, the whole Ooh. thing. Ooh, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a crystal addict. <laughs> I have seen a few of yours, yeah. yeah. Red crystals? Well, why? Because I've done a crystal piece before, and the way that I do it is that I actually paint the painting, and then I um, I replicate the colours of the painting, yeah, like in yeah. a graduation. So I, I think the paint, the piece will be red, but there'll be like a whole graduation of different shades nice. and tones, and you know, of the crystals. Just notching it up, making it a little bit glam. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bling. I just love everything uh, light reflective. It's good. Yeah, whether it's glass or diamond dust or crystals. Have you poured resin over them? I have, but it's so temperamental. Like, yeah. you know, the way that sometimes resin just, it, just for no reason whatsoever, it just doesn't set. No. And it's like, so I'm kind of a bit hesitant to use it like these days. And also I kind of worry about like it, it sort of yellowing a little bit over yeah. time. So yeah, I'd rather just paint, you know, paint the glass. And like a lot, a lot of people say to me, oh, is it like covered in like glass? Or, and, and it's not, it's just the way that I paint to make it look like that. Yeah. I mean, you're saying about ruining a piece of artwork if the resin doesn't work. Mm. When I was talking to Orlando Broom on one of them. Yeah, oh, I love her work. Um, she was talking about these massive paintings that she'd done for the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah. They were that big, she had to do the top half on a, on a ladder, you know? Ooh. And they were being poured with resin. Right. And I was thinking then, like, you know, she'd spent weeks on these paintings. Yeah. And it could go just because of a temperamental bit of resin, you know? Yeah. Was she quite confident with the resin then? Yeah, I mean, she'd, she'd used it often, so... Right. Yes, she was fine, but she was saying about how in this sort of large studio come warehouse that she was creating yeah. them in, she had to rig up a sort of tent um, to put these large paintings in to keep the heat in while she was trying to sort of pour the resin, you know, to keep it Yeah, because if there's any if there's any moisture in the air or it's below the, the right temperature, yeah. it, just, it just never sets. No. It's like a nightmare. Yeah, quite a gamble, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And... Where can anyone find your work, be it website or social media? Um, so my website is sarahpopeart.com. Sarah doesn't have a H. And uh, my Instagram is sarahpopeartist. Um, and yeah, several galleries around the UK and the world. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's all my questions asked, Sarah. All oh, right, amazing. So thank oh, you for your well. time. Oh, I'd love to talk. See you later, Sarah. Bye. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, 
just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, you'll find a Linktree drop-down box which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, Zadar. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.